with the fifth edition. Join our various gaming groups as we play the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And maybe just hang out and chat about gaming in general. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here. And Kelly. And today's a weird topic. It's it's kind of an extension of yesterday's, but it's the uh, day nine favorite planned PC. Well, um, uh, I went. I would go with my um, sister Solace, my tiefling cleric. Um, when we were deciding, you know, okay, we have to have somebody has to be the the healer, and nobody wanted to be the healer, so I decided to. And um, I, I wanted to make the most unhealer-looking <laughs> character as possible, so she looks like a devil. Um, but she's of like a, you know, the god of light, you know, <laughs> and healing. So, um, but I actually built this whole backstory for her, and I went ahead and I created, I have this sheet of just different types of, uh, um, one of her background things was that she's always, um, talking about, uh, her mentor, you know? So I actually came up with a whole list of different, uh, situations that had occurred, um, so that she could use them in reference, you know, for inspiration and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, also I came up with a whole list of different like, well, what would a cleric of, you know, if she came across undead? Because, of course, Pelora's big thing is, you know, mm-hmm. un- you know, killing undead. It's like, well, what would she say, you know, or how would she, you know. Um, so I came up with all these different, uh, you know. Uh, sayings and uh anecdotes um for this character and she never really got to go into her backstory too because i created this backstory that jim could use and that you could use in a a future setting so and much none of the other it. characters knew what it was you know uh-huh. and and it it left uh you know, so I feel and I would love to get back to this character because it's like, oh, so much stuff she could do. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, I would have to say she's my favorite uh, player one, the planned one. Planned out character. Yeah. yeah. Although I do have one that I have yet to 
um, uh, my next planned one uh, I would like to do is a Fire Genesi half-orc monk, because I've never played uh, any of those, whose preferred weapon is a frying pan, <laughs> and she loves to cook, like make a background of chef or something, and um, create it, and uh, um, her name would be Ambrosia. And that would be an awesome character. Yeah. So I'm working on that one. May not have a game for it to to, to drop into yet or anything, but uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, for, for my favorite planned PC, this goes back to the, the as you get the Wayback Machine wobble of the of flashbacks, as it takes me back to the the days of 3.0. Back when you got feats every couple levels. But to get to some of the really powerful feats, you had prerequisites that you had to meet to get to. So, of course, and of course, that's what totally Pathfinder does, too, is the same thing. Is that you had to look at yourself and basically reverse engineer your character to get to the place you wanted. And I ended up making a, a monk who I just called Wu. Because, you know, woo, you know, woo, totally works. Mm-hmm. And the whole plan for him was when they first came out with the very powerful monk, technically anyone could do it, spike chain build for 3.0. Where not only did spike chains give you a great set of paired weapons if you wanted a paired weapon fight, but they had reach and knockdown. And there was this really nasty feat called Rapid Reaction that gave you attacks of opportunity equal to your dex modifiers. And what is more ridiculous than a monk who threatens 10 foot square instead of 5 foot square and has 3 to 4 attacks of opportunity with a weapon that can trip. Okay. So basically this guy's whole job was to basically find any hallway that had three squares or four squares and would basically lock down that hallway, you know. Twice in one of my games, he managed to save an entire party wipe from everyone got to run or drag off teammates as I just stood there tripping and knocking people down just out of attacking me range. Because basically this cool monk did the cool monk thing of owning that hallway and no one could pass. And of course, you know, that was back in 3.0 when you, if you had somebody in the way, you had to have an opening to get around them. You couldn't just walk through a friendly target square. So if I could knock down enough people to fill up the squares, they could not pass. Yep. And it was just a, it was a bizarre character because he was literally a one-shot pony. He was all about this chain weapon and the monk abilities. You know, I could have totally, you know, geared him out for some extra stuff, but nope. He was all about acrobatics because, of course, back in 3.0, you could roll acrobatics to avoid giving an attack of opportunity. So he could use that, and then he had multiple attacks and multiple attacks of opportunity. So, in fact, he could sacrifice his action to then just be a beast with those chains tripping people as attacks of opportunity. Hmm. That was one of his things where he would do the tumble 
trick, you know, the tumble, tumble skill, and tumble in past bad guys that would have caused attacks of opportunity. Then he just stands there and starts whipping people with his chain in the feet and knocking them down. It's It was ridiculous character. It really was. I mean, a build like that would be even more ridiculous nowadays. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason well, why... They don't it, have feet like that, so it's going to be a little... True, but they're starting to bring some of those feats back. I'm just <laughs> I mean, they're never going to bring rapid reaction back because that was just a ridiculous feat that rewarded anyone with high dex, and it became that dex was the uber attribute at that point because that you know rapid reaction allowed rogues, rangers, fighters, and you know monks if they had good dex to just destroy things as not their action, which was ridiculous. I mean, not so bad with some of the regular classes like rogues who could do 1d6 and some damage because they already burned their, you know, uber sneak attack. But when you have paired wep- a paired set of weapons that does trip, that becomes obnoxious. Which is why I think they kind of haven't really brought Spiked Chain back as a weapon. I know in our he- Heroes and Gods game, our monk character totally wanted the chain spike chain is his, his monk weapon. So but he I couldn't t- have it. I totally gave it to him because I, I have oh. a soft spot for that weapon. And in that game, you know, he, he only comes every so often. So it's not like it would destroy the mighty Minotaur coming after the group. And he just spike chain the guy to death. Cause there's nothing like hitting a guy with a reach weapon, knocking him prone and then walking away. <laughs> Because that was the one nice thing, you know, back in that edition of D&D, how getting up didn't take half your movement. It took all your movement. So if somebody knocked you on your butt, you were down for chasing. So Wu was my favorite planned character because he was literally just meant to do that cool combination. Cool. Alrighty, anything else you got there for your your character? Because she was an awesome character. No, I mean, eventually I'd like to to get back to her. I've got a good one for you. Any advice for players on making a planned character? Well, I mean, it depends, first of all. Um, There, you know, I created her because... I had to fill the need. We needed a healer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what prompted her creation because I'm like, okay, fine. If I have to make a healer, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it, you know, different. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, you know, but some people it's like, I just want, you know, and the reason why I went with, I saw a picture of a half-orc fire generosity that I thought was so cool looking. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I love the movie Tangled, you know, <laughs> frying pans. Who, who knew? knew? <laughs> but but then you see in all these other movies where they use frying pans as a weapon, you uh-huh. know, and it's like, come on. <laughs> so, so, and that leads to, oh, well, then I could do the background of the chef, you know. So sometimes maybe find one thing that, like, um, sort of as an inspiration, like one detail that you'd like to incorporate, and then try and build off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, find that gold nugget that, that makes the character. <laughs> yeah. 
see as as a GM, I will totally throw out there for Plan PC, much like with Sister Solace, is talk to your GM. Mm, Let your GM know this is what you want and sit down and see if the two of you can hash out what the build is, you know, because a lot of times, you know, players have an idea, but they don't really communicate it with the GM. So it doesn't really come to its full, full blossom, you know, but if you tell your GM this is what you want. And, of course, remind your GM, because a lot of times after months and months of gameplay, it could be forgotten that you wanted to do this thing. And if you can have a pre-planned PC, like sometimes I've known players that wanted to pre-plan the character's demise. You know, they had a specific goal that when they got to that, it was okay for the character to die. Yeah, no, I mean, I I loved Sister Souls, but there was this one part Mm -hmm. where... You know, I mean, she almost died. It was literally, I mean, there was, fortunately, there was a Hail Mary um, type of thing. But I would have been, I mean, it would have been sad to lose her, but it would have been fine because she'd be going out the right way, Mm -hmm. you know, type of thing. Sacrificing herself for one of her fellows. So it would have been a good story. It would have been a good death. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, but fortunately, uh, one of our other players pulled out a natural 20 and (laughs) pulled a Hail Mary and and filled her full of grace. Yeah. And it was like, (laughs) woohoo. So she lived. um, But if she had died, it would have been. It would have been okay. I mean, it would have been sad. I'd I'd have rolled up a new character, um, but it, she would have gone out in the on her terms and the way. If she's gonna go out, that's the way she would have wanted it, and that would be to protect one of her teammates. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to communicate with your planned PC, with your GM and your group. Oh, cause... but don't be too inflexible either. True. Because I remember helping somebody create a character once and they had this vision of this character in their head. But I'm like, okay, I suggest this. I suggest this. No, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. She wouldn't do that. But then when they got into combat, they're like, they have no com, nothing for combat. They realize they should have listened to your suggestions. It's like, no, I recommend that you take this spell at least, Mm -hmm. you know. And because that way you always have one thing that's offensive. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they're like, I can't do it. It's like, well, we're in combat and what are you going to do? You're not able to play your character. You know, exactly. It's like, well, it's because they were inflexible about they had that idea in their head of how this character would be. Mm hmm. Um, but it didn't quite fit with what was happening or like have a healer with no healing spells. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> <laughs> you need to be careful on, on pre-planning, but still communicating with your player. group. Exactly. That's why I also as if if I'm playing a caster and we're we're building a specific campaign, you know, it's like. I will find out. I want to. I will ask the other casters um, or people with them. He's like, "Well, which cantrips are you taking?" Mm-hmm. Because 
that way I don't overlap. Oh, well, so-and-so has light. So does so-and-so. I don't need light. I mean, it's a cantrip. We can use it. I mean, Sister Solace, who didn't need it, but as a, you know, it was part of her domain. She gets it for free, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. Uh, but it's like she used it to, you know, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> to good advantage. Yep. So uh, don't be afraid of making pre pre that. Don't be afraid to make pre-planned characters and communicate with everybody around you of what the mm-hmm. expectation of the player is. But don't be completely inflexible in your vision. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, as you play, characters change and they take a voice of their own, just like a mm-hmm. written character. Yeah. So sometimes your character can totally say, "Screw your plan, I'm doing my thing." Mm-hmm. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for coming along this crazy day's adventure. That was totally only slightly planned. (laughs) And uh, have a great evening. Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition, a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash CPPN to never miss a show or stream.